I promise and I promise. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. They yes. banned this person from yes. Facebook and yes. YouTube. Lorian yes. and Spencer. Yes, we're back. And banned from Facebag and PooTube. That's right. Hey, it's another Token Tuesday. Can you believe it? I can. It's been a long time coming, it feels like. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like a lifetime between last Token Tuesday and today. So much has happened. It is only April 26, 2022. Uh, and this indeed is episode 155. Bowl after bowl. I am Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. And I'm Dame DeLorean. And you are the bowlers. Bowlers new and old, welcome. Welcome to the show. Loved having you. Love hanging out with you. Uh, we've got a lot to discuss tonight. And it, uh, it's weird. It's a weird new setup. Weird new setup. What's so weird about it? It's not really that it's weird. It's just new and uh, so yeah, we got a new rig. Got a new rig, new computer, new desktop tower. Yes. And uh, what is weird about it is that that's what's new. It's the tower. You know, I did switch the keyboard out because my old keyboard uh, was already kind of had some sticky keys and it had a lot of weed crumbles under there and uh, this and that. And uh, it was just time already. And then uh, we had a hell of a weekend, and uh, we had our buddy Abel Kirby in the bowl for a couple of different uh, podcasts that we recorded, and yeah. I ended up spilling beer on the uh, number pad. Oh, boy. Uh, a good time was had, <laughs> is what that means. <laughs> a great time was had, and the keyboard was just absolutely wrecked. Absolutely wrecked, and so, yes. Out with the old, in with the new. In with the new. And uh, the new tower is... A absolute beast. It is a beast. It's as big as me. If I like sit in the fetal position. It's uh of the Asus uh, Republic of Gamers line, and basically the story goes like this: uh, It's Friday. It's Friday morning. I should start there, and uh, I'm down here, uh, an online virtual class world, and uh, our our IRS refund check had just hit the night before. Which, by the way, wow, that was that was quick. Yeah, we were expecting. It to be like next late, year, late fall at the best, you know, like like last year was really pretty bad. Um, and smash it hit the bank account, so I was like, oh yeah, I can finally go out and buy that ups. I've been wanting ups. I've been wanting a backup power supply to plug the nodes into, um, because you know losing power could corrupt and potentially ruin all your channels and uh, be really bad news for the node that you're running. So and Friday morning we had about five or six power outages in a row yeah i was like yay after class today we can go get an ups and then what happens power outage and then another power outage and being my silly ass um every time this happens it's like the first time in my brain so the power comes back on the first time i look i check the umbrella's good to go it's up really fast and then i'm looking at the at the raspy blitz and that thing is just giving me the blinking underscore cursor, right? So I'm like panicking, freaking out, clicking everywhere. And the power goes out again. 
and I'm shouting and irritated. And it stayed off for quite a while this time, but I don't know. It came on and off a few different times, but when I finally get power um, back restored for good, I come down and I'm like trying to reboot again, and then I uh, send some panic messages on several different Telegram groups like, help, help. And then I realize that my uh, SSD that is plugged in, that's keeping all of the data uh, to the Raspi Blitz, that thing is in an enclosure, and that enclosure has a power button on it. And when you lose power, and then the power comes back, you have to press the on button to turn it on. Jeez. So I'm just sitting there in the boot loop, and it's waiting to see the SSD, and that's just what it's doing. It's just like waiting, looking for the SSD. Where is it? Where's the data? Where's the data? So once I figured that out, it booted just fine. And uh, it's something that's like uh, really hair-raising. It's like the one thing they always talk about. It's like getting ups, getting ups, and... Uh, I've lost power a number of times, and so far, the, uh, restore has always been very good to me, so. But now we don't have to worry about that, because we have right. a backup power supply. We are prepared now. So while I was in the micro center, my favorite place, uh, I was going to get me a, a backup power supply. I got one. I also needed a, uh, female XLR to quarter inch cable, and, uh, had a nice young man help me do that. Help me find that. Help me find that cord. And, he laughed uh, at your jokes. He laughed at all my jokes. He was a gentleman. <laughs> he was. I really liked the guy. And so then I I never, ever go into Micro Center without looking at the clearance tables that they usually have set up. And then in the very back corner, the open box PC shelves, like the clearance of the PCs. And uh, just always look. I can't not look at that stuff. And I saw this rig... And this is like the beefiest rig I've ever seen back there. Um, I've maybe seen one other machine that was kind of um, on its par, but it was like uh, way too much. And so this one was marked down about 25% of its original sticker. And it had a nice, uh, decent Ryzen 7. has a 10 gigabyte uh, graphics card. This graphics card is nasty. It's a, uh, let me look it up again, because I already, I already forgotten. Uh, oh yes, the NVIDIA RTX 3080. Um, it's just nasty. That's like, that alone is like over a thousand dollar graphics card just in the machine. Um, anyway, I'm looking at the number, I'm looking at like all of its specs, it has 32 gigs of RAM. I'm like, this is an absolute future-proof machine. It'll let me do whatever I want to do for like years now. And, uh. I uh, asked the dude, what was the deal with it? Like, why the hell is this thing still here? And he said that there was a guy that used to come in, uh, and maybe, I don't know, for all I know, still does this, but he said for a while he would come in, he would buy these uh, Asus rigs that were all souped up. He would take them home and then bring them back like three or four days later, no matter what, just bring them all back. So I, like, I don't know if the guy was just like doing unboxing videos or some stuff with them, you know, like something stupid. But that was the score, and then it just had been there long enough that, I don't know, like after after three weeks, the they do an automatic slash on the price for it. So, I don't know, I got this thing at like $650 less than it's supposed to be, and I am super happy with it. Good, and it yeah. And the benchmarks on it, and it's crushing benchmarks. So, uh, yes, I'm happy with the new machine. But, of course, that entails reinstalling all of your software and hooking up uh, all of your peripherals and all this crap uh thanks boobery for sending me that uh registry hack for the for the mo2 
right before the show. Um, cause yeah, I, I, I found myself in a dad nap. <laughs> Oops. And, uh, I only woke up like, uh, an hour and 20 minutes ago. So there you go. There you go. I was a mad dash getting ready, but, uh, everything is kicking, looking good. Um, sounding decent as far as I can tell. So I, I do know, I do love the new rigs. I did, um, uh, I was setting this all up last night for the most part and, it's, it was like, hey, we got your Windows 11, like it always tells you, you know? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, what the fuck? Might as well take a look, you know? Mm. Like, if it's a new rig, fresh start, like, I'm, you know, there's going to be a time where 11 is the only thing you can do. They're going to roll out 10, you know? I took a peek, looked around, and can't run butt. So then I got the fuck right back out of there. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I, I was in Windows 11 for about a minute, 20 seconds. Pointless. Yep. Yeah, C-Dub thought that you immediately installed Linux when you got home. <laughs> uh, yes, that's what I want to do, but uh, I don't know if you've been uh, peeping Adam's uh, tweet and toot today. They got a lot of, uh, I don't know, a lot of interaction, let's say. But uh, he's desperately trying to find a way to run the Motu through uh, Linux. Mm. Any Linux kernel, any Linux distro, anything. And... Uh, yeah, I'm just going to sit back and watch that <laughs> Linux Motu touchy subject. Seabrook <laughs> <laughs> one. Seabrook Yeah, yeah. Oh, some people got blocked on Twitter today. That's wonderful. Yeah. Be careful. Be careful. Be very careful. <laughs> That's all I'll say. That's all I'll say for now. Oh, what um, a magical day Friday, though. God, it was a great weekend, and Friday was wonderful. Yeah. And uh, our buddy Abel Kirby hung out with us all weekend. You stayed may have with us. heard of him. Yes, you may have heard of him. You yeah, may have. we had him meet us for barbecue, as one does in Kansas City. Yeah, that's that's as soon the, as you roll into town. It's the thing you're supposed to do. It's the thing we did, and uh, we have a beautiful joint called Jack Stack Barbecue, Fiorella's Jack Stack Barbecue at the Freight House. The Freight House location is my favorite because it's like right across the tracks from Union Station. You got the trains running in and out the whole time. Yeah, like, you can take the Skywalk over the train mm-hmm. and get into the Union Station. Yeah, it's a, a beautiful little place, great food, great barbecue. So that was a good time. That was a great way to start the day. Because um, that's what I consider starting our day, even though it was evening, you know. Yeah. Buy a nice new rig and then have Jack Stack with Abel Kirby. It's really hard to beat that as far as an evening, as far as an evening itinerary goes. Um, we brought him back here. We watched a little bit of uh, Golden Boy, which we finished, by the way. Required anime watching. Yeah, that was fantastic. It's just a six-part series, so like... Yeah, six episodes. You can really get through it. And, uh, oh man, it's like the perfect combination of like wholesome and smutty, like... Yes, exactly. Wholesome smut. It's pretty great. Yeah, big boobs bouncing around, panty shots, boners, everything. Yes. Everything a person watching it could dream of. And that kid had like the wild work history. It like reminded me of my work history because I've just like uh, done all kinds of stuff, you know. Um, the only thing that it showed that I haven't done is animation, basically. And um, yeah, Golden Boy. Golden Boy. That's the one. That's the one you want to check out. And I was surprised when Abel said, let's watch it with the dubs. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa what? He was like, this is one where. The dubs are just awesome. They're better than the subs. So watch it with the dubs. Okay, he was 
totally right. I'm sure I haven't gone back and watched it with subs, but man, the voice acting was killer. It's hilarious. Yeah, that guy's funny. Yeah, so good. Excellent. So then we had our big block party that we've been talking about for months, and uh, I'm thankful we've been talking about it for months, too, because um, our buddy Matt, who comes to the Casey No Agenda meetups, <laughs> yeah, he came out to the block party, and he said, oh, I'm like almost three months behind on your podcast, <laughs> but you were talking about the uh, block party, and I was like, oh, shit, that's today, and so uh, it came on down. Yeah, that was awesome. I was like, all right, man. There you go. We did not sell the giant Labradorite egg. Yes. Thankfully. It would have been hard to watch it walk off, I think. Yeah. I mean, I would have made sure the price was right. We, we did make to, sure the price was right. Yeah. But. But, uh, no, didn't sell it. I no. always, every time we set it out at any event, I'm like, I really hope this doesn't sell. And then it doesn't. Yeah. Which is fine. I mean, it's such a big ticket item that it's like, it's more there to like catch your eye and, you know, it kind of helps the whole vibe. Yeah. You know. Yeah, people are always intrigued with Labradorite, too. And I have a lot of Labradorite specimens out, so I'm like, oh, if you think that's pretty, check out that egg over there, you know? And they're mm -hmm. like, holy mackerel, look at the size of that thing. It's <laughs> funny, because we had them kind of in the corner between uh, the Able table and the gym table. Yep. And um, it's kind of, it was on the ground at... Uh, uh, between those two tables and so it was easy to miss we kind of had to like point it out to people but yeah. it was kind of slick that way too you know yeah the wind was kind of crazy that day i did have one crystal casualty yeah because of the wind so I, don't, I was nervous about having it on the table especially when we put two of the table legs up on oh, bricks yeah. and stuff. i mean that thing weighs 50 pounds so it's not really a good idea to put it on card table <laughs> no matter what even in no wind yeah but yeah, I did. Um, I had a good time. I made a little bit over six hundred thousand sats selling gems, so that was cool. And some nice. handmade jewelry that I had. I didn't bring my aloe vera plants because um, right now I I don't have them in the correct medium. Let's say mm -hmm. <laughs> they need some sand mixed in with them. So I didn't want to send. I didn't want to try and sell droopy plants. You know. Yeah, that would have been. A little I got to spruce them up a little bit. Um, but they're they're all right. They're doing good. So, yeah. What, what did we put as a price tag on the Labradorite egg? I think 16.9 million Satoshis. Yeah. Yeah. I'll let it go for 16.9 million Satoshis if someone comes and picks it up. That's not shipping included. Yeah. Wow, we, shipping on this thing would be ridiculous. I don't know. I might even, depending on if it was bought and where it was bought, I'd probably drive it over there myself, you know? Yeah. Um, I put know. it. We put it in the baby seat to drive it over to the... Yeah. Bitcoin block party. But yeah, it was so cool seeing things priced in Satoshis. I was so glad that Abel said that in the chat for the bowl after bowl last week when I was like, well, just, you know, price everything in USD and then convert it day of. He was like, no, nah, I'm just going to price in Satoshis and deal with the consequences. And so then I was like, yeah, you know what? Let's do that. So yeah. I was able to look at things the night before and get all the prices in my head and just go in confident the next day. And uh, there was a good a good sale this weekend. Yeah, nice little Bitcoin sale. <laughs> so, yeah, it was it was pretty cool. It was like uh, it's it was impossible to know what to expect as far as turnout goes, you know, because the first one that we've ever done um, that anyone's ever done in the city. So that's right. Um, turnout was decent. So it was uh, 
Um, I don't know. I, I wonder if anybody had like a clicker or a head count or anything. But there was a taco stand selling all of their stuff. Like they had burritos and beers and stuff uh, for Bitcoin. There was a, a apparel vendor mm-hmm. uh, just to the west of us. Yep. With all this handmade tie-dye. And then uh, I didn't catch the end. She had some jewelry, right? The yep. vendor at the end? Yep. She was making jewelry and setting <clears throat> stones. So yeah, it was it was really cool. The news came out and shot some B roll, and oh. it, it ended up being just like a snippet. Oh, on I didn't Channel see 9, it. And it was like uh, maybe like a three minute package or something. It was real quick. But uh, did the podcasting two banner make it in there? I didn't notice a shot of us at all. Um, oh dang it! But uh, that the- banner faced the street. I mean, we had prime real estate with our booth location. The banner was super awesome because it. It had all these shows on it, uh, kind of a mixture of uh, no agenda stream shows plus uh, Bitcoin podcasts, but all all value enabled podcasts that we were talking about. And so, um, everybody we talked to like knew one of the shows somewhere on there. You know, they were like familiar with at least one of them. So it was tight, and uh, we talked to a <laughs> ex punk scene dude. Uh, yeah, who rode up on a bike? Who was like super into the behind the schemes art, and uh, you and Abel both, I think, sicked him onto behind the yeah. schemes just because he, he was talked, the guy. He talked to all three of us for quite some time about different topics, I'm sure. And Abel said that he really liked the behind the schemes art, and then he was talking about being in the punk scene to me, and I was like, "Oh, you got to check out this podcast, Behind the Schemes." And he was also telling me some crazy out there stories. I was like, you gotta leave him a voicemail. So I wrote down behind the schemes and the threes for ease on a uh, business card, and I hope he, uh, I hope he tunes in. Yes, I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. And it was fun handing out the bowl after bowl stickers, and yep. uh, there were a lot of kids. A lot of kids. We hit them with that fun fact Friday. That's card. right. We were like, hey, you in a podcast? And the parents were like, oh, it's nice to have something on with the kids in the car. And I was like, yeah, you need fun fact Friday in your life. Take a card. Yes, exactly. Um, I think we ended up doing one of the metal novels, too. Uh, nice. One of those. Uh, so I'm going to get in touch with Andrew Jones, but I think what we're going to do is just set up a special BTC pay server store where people can go in there and then just buy it for Bitcoin. And, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I'll figure out what the shipping situation is. Yeah. Um, That'll be in Bitcoin too, right? <laughs> yeah, but then, since uh, you know, since I've got them here and we've got some in, in inventory, I figure that's a good way to just uh, we could just have like one link people could click on and just buy, you know, either the signed or unsigned version and put in their info and we'll ship it to them. So I want to work on that uh, in the coming weeks. Um, yeah, we did two podcasts too over the weekend with Abel Curry. We did a Bulls with Buds on Saturday night. Yeah. Which was awesome, and uh, talked a little bit about uh, the animus and had some great callers too. That was a fun time. It was yeah, just like it was a, a great show. Fun time, especially so. for no planning at all. Like you know, no prior warning, no set time. Yeah, it's just like, hey, we're going live now. Yeah, it was kind of <laughs> uh, very, very short notice, like ten minutes notice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we tooted and then flipped the stream on. Yeah, we we had a little time uh, testing some equipment too, though. So I think we tried out his ribbon mic, and then ended up settling on this handheld mic, the uh, this Ultra Voice, uh, which is a Behringer mic that's on loan to me from C Mike. 
Nice. And it, that ended up working semi decently. It was a little bit of a pain having to hold the for him having to hold the mic the whole show, but uh, he was a good sport about it. So yeah. And then uh, Abelcraft, we did that on Sunday and kind of recapped the block party in further detail if you're interested, and also uh, talked about some upcoming stuff that we have going. Uh, we're gonna do another album together, Woo-hoo. and we're also gonna collaborate with Signs of New Growth, who. Um, I've been supporters of this show and, and Abelcraft and uh, one of the other um, real visible music on RSS guys out there. So uh, that should be fun. We're looking forward to that. That'd be cool. I thought that was one of the funnest parts of the Bitcoin Block Party 2 was evangelizing the music 2.0. Yeah. Essentially. Uh, there was one point where I was like, you know, I really should... Because uh, they had this Q&A. They had a Bitcoin Q&A and they had guys like uh, answering all these questions about Bitcoin hypotheticals. And I was like, you know, it would be nice to, like I really need to say something at least about podcasting 2.0 and music on it. So I asked Chris, the organizer, I was like, hey, is there like time in the schedule I can talk just to wrap a little bit about uh, podcasting 2.0? I said, if there's not, that's, you know, it's no big deal. I know it's like super last minute. I should have said something earlier. And he was like, no, that's cool. Uh, Our band's setting up. So why don't you come up? And do a little bit of that and then introduce us. And so that's what I ended up doing. Worked out pretty well. Worked out pretty well. Yep. Gotta free those musicians. That's right. Yeah, and then old Abel headed off headed off east into the sunrise uh, early Monday morning. I had, uh, I felt bad because we stayed up pretty late, uh, you know, both nights. Yeah. And then, uh, or I should say all three nights. Um, and then I was going down, I had to be, you know, on the Zoom call at 8.30. So it's like 8.22 and... Uh, he was sleeping heavily and I was like tiptoeing. I was like, uh, I don't really want to wake him up. Even though I know he would have been upset if I just like went down and didn't, you know, wake him up. Yeah. Uh, but that door, our garage door, when it opens, it like pops cause of the, cause it's not set in the <laughs> freaking door jam correctly. So when the door popped, he was like, whoa, whoa. And he was up and at him, man. He got, he just scooted right out of here. Yeah. I know. I got downstairs just in time. He had to, to hit the like- road, so. Got time for coffee and breakfast? He's like, no. Nope. That was cool. The one I thing I did text him was, uh, I noticed this neon uh, Marlboro sign that we have down here, and I was like, damn, I uh, should have popped that on while he was here. I think he would have appreciated that. But uh, Next time. Next time, that's right. Next time. He made me realize, too, that uh, what I really want to do is get this the rest of this place converted into like a full music studio, because we have the podcast studio side here, which works really well. And then we just kind of have instruments scattered about. Yeah. And I've got a, I, I, now with this rig and uh, with a couple other things, I can just uh, get some tables set up down here, get a mixing kind of board set up, run the instruments through this old Behringer that we used to use for the show. And uh, yeah, I think we can get like a legitimate recording studio going. Well, a, a bullgitimate bull recording legitimate. studio, let's say. Yep. Uh, in all fairness. Good old jam space. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And he's got me thinking about uh, more tunes, more music. So That's awesome. Yeah, he gave me a little preview. Because I got Abel all to myself Saturday, so. That's right. Yeah, I had to work a wedding, so. You guys talked all kinds of stuff. Oh, yeah. That I have no idea about, basically. <laughs> yep. No. <laughs> oh, well. Bits and pieces. <laughs> and we could have made a podcast, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, speaking of making a podcast, we want to thank everybody who's helping us out for making this podcast bowl after bowl. And uh, there's a lot of you out here, and we always want to 
thank people kind of close to the front of the show because it's the important, uh, at least we feel, it's one of the most important aspects of the content that we produce. It's value for value. It's us putting it in every week and, uh, you know, sometimes a couple times a week with the Bulls of Bulls with Buds episodes. Put it out there and it's, you know, free to the public. It's open. It's uh, available. No ads, no paywall. Uh, we just have what we want to talk about and all the stuff that's important to us and the structure that's important to us and the bowlers over time. You know, we've, uh, along with the producers, along with the bowlers, we've made this thing what it is over time. And it continues to kind of morph and shift and go through changes. And you're here for the ride. So that's what value for value is. We just ask that if you get value out of it, you give value back. It's uh, sort of like the first rule of being a smoker, really. First rule of being a smoker is it's bad manners to keep bumming all the damn time. So uh, that's why it's important for us to thank people. And uh, we're going to do that starting with our PayPal donors. These are the people that went to bullafterbull.com and clicked donate. And uh, in order, we are going to start way back here with a big bad donation. Uh, I should say stonation. Our executive producer for tonight. None other than Reverend Cyber Trucker. Woo! Or I should say Sir. Reverend Cyber Trucker, because he was knighted on Sunday. Congratulations, right. sir. Uh, he sent in $104.20 on the PayPal. Thank you All very right. much. Thanks, Rev. Thank you for the value for value. Appreciate it very much. Uh, Reverend Cyber Trucker, of course, always produ- uh, also always produces a metal moment for us, which we'll be hearing later on. Um, so thanks for everything you do for the show, Rev. You're a huge part of the whole Bull After Bull family, uh, and we definitely appreciate it, man. And we love you. Love you. Love you, Rev. Keep on trucking. Uh, then we have uh, from the lovely Phoenix uh, and the lovely Phone Boy a $10 donation. Uh, the note says, we're the fire and y'all are the bowl. This shit is lit. Go podcasting 2.0. Love the Lotus podcast with Phoenix and Phone Boy. You may have heard of us. Aw. We love you guys. Check them out. LotusPodcast.net. That's right. They record every Saturday. And uh, I think they've been going live on some just off times, too, just hopping on the stream, which is always fun. That's right. So you can check those guys out. Uh, Friends of the show, frequent friends of the show. Um, We have another one from uh, Phoenix and Phone Boy. The note says, is it Taco Token Tuesday or Token Taco Tuesday? Either way, here's some lettuce from Phoenix and Phone Boy of the Lotus Podcast. Aw, thank you, guys. Guys are... uh, putting in work today and then another one from phoenix another one uh phoenix says in honor of my uncle who passed away at 6 20 p.m today safe travels to the ethos and i'll spark this one in your honor r.i.p uncle b and that was uh six dollars and twenty cents sorry for your loss phoenix did i say the last one was 666 i feel like i did not yes 666 for the uh taco token tuesday donation Token Taco Tuesday. I think it's Token Taco Tuesday. Yeah, that yeah. sounds better to me. Token Taco Tuesday. Token Taco Tuesday. Yeah. I like it. Maybe in Spanish it'd be the other way around or something. The adjective comes first. Maybe. My Espanol's pretty bad. Or the adjective, I mean the noun comes first and then the adjective. Yeah, in Spanish, that's how it goes. Anyway, thank you so much to our PayPal donors. We appreciate that. We also appreciate our donors that come through... On a nude podcast app. That's right. Just like uh, Bull After Bullet is clothing optional. All you got to do is uh, 
take off all your clothes if you so choose and go to nudepodcastapps.com. You can get yourself a modern podcast app, just like what was on the banner. That's right. That we were showing uh, all week. And we had plenty of folks coming in. Who all came? I'm going to come. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, Trying to go back to being wherever we stopped with the Bulls with Buds. Uh, it looks like 5,000 sats from Cotton Gin is where it starts off. Woohoo! Thanks, Cotton Gin. Big bad Cotton Gin. He says, uh, need to be a boomer to be on Podcasting 2.0 anyways. Hey! There you go. <laughs> uh, 1,000 sats from Anonymous. Uh, both of those from CurioCaster, by the way. Uh, 2222 sats from Cotton Gin over CurioCaster. Charming balls, he says. <laughs> I think I talked about balls at one point. Uh, 1935 sats from Cotton Gin. Have fun at the blog party. We Uh-oh. did indeed. We did Thanks, indeed. Cotton Gin. Appreciate the well wishes. And then anonymous CurioCaster. I wonder who that might have been uh, in this big string of CurioCaster boosts. Uh, 3333 to close it out. Appreciate Woo. you very much. Uh, 2169 from our man C-Dubs. 69! 69, dudes! All right. Thanks, C-Dubs. That's, of course... From his baby, uh, Boost CLI, which uh, also was on the poster. I love the little logo, and now the logo is showing up in the new helipad. Looks it's so good. Fantastic. Uh, 3333 from Signs of New Growth. All right. Thanks, Signs of New Growth. Who said Kansas City Bitcoin Block Party Boost. He boosted from Fountain. Appreciate that very much. Uh, I'm going to scroll past the Ablecraft boosts here. That's for another show and another time. Uh, Floydian Slips, uh, four, three, two, one, a countdown boost. And, uh, he says, thanks for the useful information and useful laughter. I recently started a podcast called Podcasting for Value. That's the number four in there. Podcasting for Value. One idiot's afternoon at starting a value for value podcast. Time will tell Mm. if I succeed or fail. Well, we hope you succeed, Floydian. That's right. Floydian Slips coming through, uh, the Fountain app. Very cool. Thank you. Good to uh, have you aboard. Yeah, I'll have a link to that podcast in the show notes. Fantastic. Uh, and then 4444 from a horty whore, horty whore, boobery. Oh, yeah, boobs. Booby, booby, boobs. Um, by the way, I would hit it with an aw shit yes, but I have an older version of my freaking board because of this new migration, so I'm going to have to get the newer version of my board. We lost a lot of sounds today. I lost about 60 different drops that I had on the bank for over here. That's all right. I'll do it. Aw, shit, yes. (laughs) That's pretty good. That's my boobs impression. (laughs) Good work, good work. It's not as good as the man himself. Good work. Oh, and it's even an uh, Ablecraft uh, boost, so I shouldn't even have read Ah. it. Ah. Stupid me. It's all right, it's all right. Uh, coming up to tonight's show, uh, a friendly boost from Harv Hat, who always is uh, careful to boost the live tag through CurioCaster uh, right when we get going. So we do have a lit show with the live item tag. And still the only two apps you can use uh, as of right now to boost the live item tag are CurioCaster and Boost CLI. So uh, we will keep uh, kind of whining about it. Until more apps join, more apps. I know that um, it's in the works in a lot of them. And um, trust me, I of all people understand how, uh, what it means by like it's in the next update. Mm. But it uh, doesn't mean that uh, I can't just poke them with the needle every time. All right, 666 from Booberry. Woo! Uh, Boost of Evil from the Fountain app. 
and he says, ooh, I want to try a shower boost. Woo. Oh. Yeah. So boosting from the shower in a nude podcast app, that's the way to go. That's a good look. Hell yeah. Cheers, boobs. Uh, 6933. It's a little bit of a combo here. Let me see if I can. 6969, 69, dudes. Well done. Uh, he says higher. That coming from Boost CLI. I don't know if I said that. And then. From uh, who? Oh, from Servo. Thank you, Servo. Servo, the band. Man. And uh, finally, a 6969. 6969, 69, dudes. From Booberry. Black Knight of the Mothman. He says, wet. All caps, coming out of Fountain. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, thanks, bowlers. For boosting and for donating your hard earned treasure uh, to keep the show running. We very much appreciate it. And we're glad you're getting value. That's uh, kind of, you know, that's the best way, uh, part of the of the value for value. It's that it's that feedback loop, you know, yeah. to know what you're doing that you might, you know, what's good, what people like, what maybe needs to be changed. Uh, of course, any kind of feedback can be boostagram to us or you can email Spencer at bullafterbull.com. Or Lorian at bullafterbull.com. L-A-U-R-I-E-N. Uh, and you can now actually email show at bullafterbull.com if you want to hit us both at the same time. And oh, you that's don't way like, easier. And you don't like typing it out. And uh, we'll get your email and we'll uh, chat with you for sure, for sure. Uh, there's other ways to uh, send your value back, though. It's not all treasure all the time every dang day. And uh, we know everybody has different amounts of treasure to give, but also different amounts of maybe time and talent to give, too. Uh, things like ISOs, clips, uh, things as simple as passing the bowl. Episode art. Episode art. Insane. <laughs> it's been a while since, uh, we saw some episode art. Um, Lorian does most of that, so I can see why you'd, uh, be asking for some. Yeah. Hey, real quick. Yes. Uh, do you need to check cash app before we- Oh, you're right. Absolutely. Thank you for reminding Move forward, me. because that's also another option. Another way to, yeah, give treasures. There's there's really weird uh, ways to do it, including uh, basic attention token, which I sometimes talk about. If you use Brave Browser and go to bullafterbull.com, you can click the little triangle and do that. Um, it's a like, really weird, obscure way to send us a shit coin. But we can turn it into Bitcoin. We have a way to do it. And then uh, another way is Cash App, which has integrated Bitcoin support and Lightning support pretty lately. So now you can send uh, Bitcoin over Cash App directly to a cash tag, which is their little uh, user ID system. So my cash tag mm. is dollar sign Wolf of KC. That's how you get to uh, the Bull After Bull Cash App. And uh, we did have a couple of Cash Apps come through. I'm just loading them up right here. Um I was surprised there were people who wanted to use Cash App at the Bitcoin block party. I wasn't prepared for it, so I was glad you got the Cash App. <laughs> so we have uh, 42,000 sats Woo! for passing the bowl once again with eternal thanks and love, Phoenix and Phone Boy. Oh, thanks, Phoenix and Phone Boy. They're hitting us at every angle. <laughs> They're hitting us at every angle with the value. Thank you. We very much appreciate it. Uh, 8769 sats. Uh, from Thor the Wonder Hammer. Oh. Is the note there. Thank you. And then 15,509 sats from Phoenix, who says, uh, for 155 sats for 155 episodes. So she took it times itself, I believe. 
Oh nice. my god, I dropped it. And she says, keep that shit going. We will. Thank you, Phoenix. Keeping it lit. Keeping it lit. Thank you so much. Phoenix and Phone Boy, man. They've been given. They've been given. We much appreciate it. It's very humbling. Um, and but pretty awesome. There's easier ways if you, you know, don't want to send your cash or your Bitcoin or, or your Satoshis. blankets or water. Yeah, you know, your art. Uh, it's pretty simple. You can leave us a voicemail. We love that. It's a great way to contribute value. Every week we have a topic, and it's usually a first time I ever topic. This week we want to hear about the first time you ever had an out-of-body experience. All you've got to do is pick up your phone and... Call 816-607-3663 and the play of That's right, 816-607-3663, and you can text uh, if you're voice shy. That's right, or send all, pictures. Or feel nervous, or if you're in like a crowded bar and it's just not going to work out to call, you can always text. And yes, send pictures, Lorian's right. Send pictures, uh, that's always accepted too. We don't screen before the show, so, you know, yeah. anything goes. Send your dick pics. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that one's still on the board. Oh, oh man. Uh, so this is usually at the point uh, where we launch the on-chain, off-chain, cocaine shit stain segment. Uh, but <laughs> I hate to break all of your hearts. These, this is one of the ISOs that is on the new version of the board oh. that is not on my current version of the board and is not uh, anywhere on this machine, actually, uh, in particular right now. Isn't that special? I'm heartbroken. Isn't that special? But it's okay, because we mostly did that segment anyway. <laughs> yeah. The... Uh, bulk of it is uh, the Bitcoin block party. The only thing I really wanted to say for the shit stain this week was um, how mind-bogglingly awesome it was to run BTC Pay uh, out in the wild for the first time and actually be selling stuff directly to people for sats straight to my node on my home network over Tor. Yeah. Uh, it was the coolest thing. It was so fast. I mean, lightning lightning is instant settlement because it's peer to peer, so it settles right away. But just to see it work, like the thing that took the longest was just creating the invoice. So you'd punch in the number of sats you wanted. Uh, I was doing it through BTC Pay server, and I was also doing it through Zeus Wallet, and that's something that's super cool, especially with the new uh, version of Zeus. They updated it pretty heavily, maybe a month or two ago. And um, just being able to generate an invoice and then have somebody boop it on their phone with any, you know, whatever Lightning app they want. doesn't yeah. matter. They could scan it with any Lightning wallet. Yeah, you, you could do it with Fountain, theoretically. Uh, you could do it with Breeze. Breeze, yeah. It's, you know, so even some of these podcasting apps you could do it with. Um, but you could also use Cash App. Uh, you can use Cash App to scan a Lightning invoice now. Um there's so many different implementations and it just, that is the beauty of it is it didn't matter about the customer. It's not like I had to have a pre agreement with all of these different companies like you would with a credit card processor, right? right? You have to have an agreement with uh, visa and MasterCard. And then uh, are you going to take discover? You got to have an extra agreement. Are you going to take Amex? You have to have to, you have to have an extra agreement. Uh, are you going to, are you, are you selling food? Do you, are you going to accept 
EBT, you know, there's all these mm. different uh, things you got to think about as a vendor, all these payment options. And then there's a fee associated with all this, every single one. Sometimes yeah, there's a, sometimes there's a monthly membership thing you have to do uh, with the other ones. So just to be able to, in a permissionless way, say, no, I'm going to just sell my shit and I'm going to accept the sats, not on a third party. I'm going to accept the sats directly to my own equipment. The... I, th I think it was so cool too. Like we, we always tell people get noted up, run your own node, uh, be your own bank and your own payment processor. And that kind of played out a little bit on Sunday too, because uh, at one point the taco stand, uh, basically they ran out of liquidity. Their channels got all locked up and um, they were using, I think blue wallet or it might've been moon, moon, I think. moon wallet. And um, moon and I think blue does this, a similar thing. And Breeze also does a similar thing, too, where all of these uh, wallets will manage channels smartly behind the scenes for you. So if you need more liquidity or if you're accepting payments, you know, they'll add channels within their own system to you to kind of manage liquidity and make sure you have inbound liquidity. Well, at one point they were maxed out and it took, I don't know how long it took, but it took a... Um, longer than you'd want to wait in line for a burrito to kind of get back up and running with liquidity. And so one of the bummers of using somebody else's uh, lightning setup or lightning note or situation is if the liquidity runs out, you know, it's on them, it's not on you. So it's also on them to fix it. So it's it's a matter of how long is a support ticket going to take to be resolved or how long is their automatic algorithm going to take to kick in and resolve the issue and get your liquidity back up. Uh, whereas if you run a home node and you're managing your own liquidity, then you can say, oh, tomorrow is the Bitcoin block party. I need to make sure I have, you know, twice as much liquidity as I'm going to need, like just beef up inbound. And that's what we were able to do. We were able to guarantee that we had uh, great liquidity for the, uh, for the block party. And we didn't have a single issue, that's which right. was... I, I don't want to say it was surprising. It was just like very cool. You know what I mean? Like I didn't, it's like you never know what to expect. It's not like I was expecting payments to fail or my node to go down. I like was wondering what if and all these scenarios in my mind, but uh, nothing, no, nothing like that ever happened. Everything was just super fast and smooth. And it's just cool to watch the number go up, you know, over and over throughout the day and just watch your sats come in and they're just going up and um, just pretty awesome. Everything about that experience as far as like using Bitcoin, interacting with Bitcoin was so dope. It made me really for, um, n not for the first time, but like it was like the biggest time where I was like, it's way better. I have a way better time using Bitcoin as money than using dollars as money. For sure. Yeah, I agree. And one thing I kept thinking about was, oh, this is so much simpler because when you're taking cash from people, you have to organize it. You have to put it away. You have to make change. Making change can be the worst. Yeah. Especially if you've got like three people who are all trying to buy something from you quickly and get out of there and move on to the next place. And it's just like sometimes you got cash dropping out of your pockets or whatever because, you know, I'm not always the most organized person. So sometimes things just go in pockets, you right. know. And then there's no risk of... Uh, someone grabbing it from you or whatever. Nope. It's just safely on my node at home. Yeah. All mine. Yeah. Yeah. It was so cool. Everything about it. Yeah. I'm so grateful to have been a part of that. It's like I went to the right Bitcoin meetup where Chris announced that they were doing the block party and I was like, Oh my gosh, please sign me up. 
Yeah, I'm glad you said something too because I didn't even think about it. You know what I mean? I was thinking about, oh, we could have a table and talk uh, podcasting, but I wasn't thinking about, oh, yeah, we'll sell gems and All stuff. All the stuff there, I know? make. Yeah. Yeah. It's genius. Yeah. It's genius. And then, uh, then you can take it to the next level. You know, you can not only sell stuff, you could sell your labor for it. You know, you can say, That's oh, right. you know, you can renegotiate how you make money. Yep. And it's all yours on your computer. That's my favorite part. My favorite part. That's my machine right there. Um, I know, you know, what goes on on it. I have the channels. I have, it's, it's all under my control. And um, a lot of people are like, oh, it's a heavy startup cost to do the node thing. Or, oh, it's like a, so what, what we're talking about is owning your own bank and payment processor for about 300 bucks. So I don't know. I don't know in what world that owning your own bank and payment processor for $300 is like outrageous, but uh, in the world I live in, that's a pretty good deal. And I'm really glad that we did it. Me too. How much was the ups? It was like a like, hundred bucks? Yeah. The one we got was like, I think a 120, but we got one that I'm going to plug some other stuff into like, yeah. For two Raspberry Pis, I got an ups that is insane. You know what I mean? You could get a forty to sixty dollar backup power that would be just fine. So these are two computers well, that each draw five amps. It's not like it's not nuts, you know. No, but we'll have the whole workstation hooked into it. Yes, exactly. Because uh, it's just good to have. It's just smart to. Well, what if we're in the middle of a show recording? You know, you don't want to lose that. Exactly. That, uh, I'm not as common collected as uh, Carolyn and Fletcher over a hog story if something goes wrong. Yeah, I mean, restart I, and redo. Mm-mm. I'm the first guy to start throwing shit around <laughs> and screaming. And, uh, man. Yeah, it was really cool buying the margaritas and burritos <laughs> yeah. with Satoshi's, though. It's fantastic, man. Just, oh, tastes better when day. you buy it in Bitcoin. It sure does. It sure does. Now, are they. Is that, was that just for that day or does that restaurant always take? They are going to, so that was their first experience with it, but they loved it and they're going to keep doing it. And the guy was also like, how do I buy more too? Yeah. Uh, So it's great. It's great. It's the best, honestly, it's the best way to obtain Bitcoin because it's not KYC. You don't have to tell anybody who you are and what your, all your info is. You just say, here's my node, pay me. And that's it. That's it. No more questions. We can take back our sovereignty, man. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. So if you're in Kansas City, uh, the restaurant is Cancun Fiesta Fresh in Westport. Yeah. Yeah. We got to support businesses that uh, are using Bitcoin. And uh, the future. hopefully it's a domino effect, you know, because now we have the opportunity to go to the other restaurants around there and go, hey, you know, uh, Fiesta Fresh, they're taking Bitcoin and we like to buy stuff in Bitcoin. Why don't you guys take Bitcoin? That's right. And then walk out, you know? Yeah. And then go buy beer there. (laughs) Once you have that one business with your foot in the door, then it can spread. So that's what we hope to see is a spread. Yeah. It really was reinvigorating. Um, I usually, I don't usually enjoy tabling booths and handling money. And this was just such a breath of fresh air. Oh, it was awesome. I was like, let's do it again. It takes the stress out of it. Yeah, it really did. Which seems weird, you know, especially to, especially if you're not used to using Bitcoin and you haven't like done a lot of transactions, uh, you kind of think, oh, it's this unknown, it's this unknown factor. I don't know what I'm doing. It's extra stressful. But really, 
it's funner and less stressful than using money or like a card or anything else like that, you know? Yeah, seriously. Imagine, think of how many times we've been misplaced our cards. I can't find my debit card today. Dang it. The last time was a blessing, but... uh, Yeah. You know. You know. Well, magic numbers are abound, as always. Yeah, what's going on in the world of 33? Well, the biggest news this week was that Netflix shares plummeted 33%. Oh, you love to see it. Yeah, it (laughs) didn't really help them that they suspended service in Russia. You know, that drops their subscriber count by, like, probably 700,000. Everybody's doing this foot shoot thing over Russia, and... Yeah, they're shooting themselves in the foot, you know, it's gonna be hard to walk for a while. It's like, you gotta (laughs) understand that probably very few of the Russian citizens are, like, pro-war. Yeah. I don't think anybody really wants war. Yeah. Um, And I, for one... But I've never going, been boots on the ground. I have no idea what's going on over there. So she's very bigoted to just point at an entire country and say, "No, everybody in there, we're not doing business with you." That's right. I saw that uh, a citywide composting program in New York could save thirty-three million dollars annually after five years. That's the pitch on it. Can I get a ding ding? Yeah. So this is a legislative proposal that would require. New Yorkers to separate out their food scraps and set it on the curb like they do with recyclables. Mm. Which is kind of cool, but I like to keep my compost for myself. I mean, you live in a city, an apartment, you really don't have room to compost, I guess. Right. And in this article, there's a woman who pays uh, like a subscription fee monthly to have her food scraps picked up. To then be turned into compost, which doesn't get sent back to her. No, it just gets put into public parks and stuff. Mm. And another lady, she was paying $25 per paint bucket of compost she was creating for a company to take up. Imagine that. You pay me to take your compost. That's pretty wild. That's a good deal for whoever's picking that up. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, I will garden with that. (laughs) Um, there's also some volunteer services around the city and places where people can drop it off, but I don't know. I'm not really one for requirements, you know? Yeah. If you want to throw your scraps in the trash, yeah, go for it. But who knows? We'll see. It's just a proposal right now, so nothing's set in stone. And finally, my third top three thirty-three story tonight is that a 33-year-old weed activist was sentenced to one year and one day in prison for threatening to inflict pain in every way on Nancy Pelosi. (laughs) Come on. Yeah, well, he called her office and left a voicemail saying those exact words, saying he wanted to see her as scared as possible, terrified and shitting her pants, (laughs) basically. (laughs) And uh, you just uh, leaving a voicemail for a public official is a bad idea, you know? Call and say that shit in the bowl. Mm, yeah. If you want to threaten Nancy Pelosi, <laughs> do it on our voicemail, not hers. Yeah, and That's ideally, nice. just don't. <laughs> yeah. Don't you record c- your threats. You could always just not, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's from St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, oh, but I man. guess he also threatened Iowa's governor, uh, Kim Reynolds, <laughs> in a similar manner via a late night voicemail. So, I, you know, and I don't really know why they pointed him out as being a weed activist. You don't? Oh, late night voicemails? He's high? Well, Is know. that the correlation? No, they just, uh, he probably went to some events or something, and it's, an, it's, another, it's another smear, you know? 
Mm. We get the weed guys. You gotta blame the weed. Like he's right? one of those weed activist guys, you know, with psychos. They want to kill governors and shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Anything yeah. to make tie us look him, like idiots. Tie them to kites and float them over lakes or whatever. Because the whole weed <laughs> thing doesn't, like, do enough already. Hello? Come on, people. Yeah, it's just a plant. Just want to be left the fuck alone, honestly. Yeah, just like you. Everyone, I think, wants that, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there are people who like being micromanaged. Certainly not me. The good news is this past week there hasn't been too many coof stories, which I dig. Uh, There were 33 deaths in Australia and India, Um, so sorry about you. And then there was a um, ABC segment. I have the link in the show notes of the video, but nothing worth clipping. Um, the headline was on the video, infection rates have grown by almost 33% nationwide. That's here in the good old US of A. And finally, in British Columbia, Canada, hospitalizations are allegedly up 33%. And that's all. Now we can go behind the curtain. All right. Yeah, it looks better back here. What yeah, happened? Yeah, sure does. Uh, I guess I vacuumed when I put that new machine in. Oh, nice. I was going to say, did you clean it up for Abel? But... Um, no. <laughs> yeah. We still had some, like, uh, chicken chips. Yeah, the around. chickens were living in here for a couple, their first couple weeks of life. And yeah, they're in the garage now. All, much, their, all their sawdust was still in here. A much Abel better place for chickens, although... We had frost last night, so it's a good thing they're not chicks. Well, and, you know, it, they are in the garage. It's not like the garage frosted. No, I know, but it got and they chilly. Have a heat and they have a heat lamp, but still, it was chilly, you know? They're fine. You gotta keep them warm. They're doing great. They're doing great. Uh, So, you know, it was 420. This is when the mainstream talks about weed. And yep. I got this... Uh, <laughs> I learned something from a late night show. Uh, this is this is Colbert. Oh, a rare learning moment, huh? The trippiest truth about marijuana is that even though it's legal in 37 states, recreational marijuana use remains illegal at the federal level because GOP lawmakers still oppose legalizing weed. Did you know oh. that that's why it's still federally illegal? Is that why? Because of the GOP? Because of the Republicans and... Because of the whole party? I see. Yeah. I th- thought it was because it was listed on the Controlled Substances Act, personally. See, I thought that the Dems are in power right now, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, they have the tie break in the Senate, they have the House, they have the presidency. Uh, They had it under Obama, too. Oh, but that's fucking, that's pretty fucking cute that it's a partisan hack uh, reason. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Fucking Colbert's so gross. Yep, every every uh, chance they get to take a shot at the other side, they will. I mean, even ch- even fucking Chucky boy with his little bill. That's like he teases it and then oh, yanks yeah. it back, teases it and yanks it back, and then says, "Republican." Nope, don't worry, you'll be hearing from him in a minute. But before that, <laughs> oh boy, uh, it was only right that someone asked Jen Psaki about weed on 420 at the little White House press circle jerk and uh here's what she had to say president biden as a candidate uh promised to decriminalize marijuana when is that going to happen well 
the president uh, continues to believe that no one should be in jail uh, because of drug use. Uh, I don't have an update here. Uh, we are continuing to work with Congress. But what I can say on marijuana is we've made some progress um, on our promises. For instance, the DEA just issued its first licenses to companies to cultivate marijuana for research purposes after years of delay during the prior administration. This is a key step in promoting research because it broadens the amount and quality of cannabis available for research purposes. Additionally, the president is continuing to view his review his clemency powers, which is something he also talked about on the campaign and is certainly remains committed to taking action on. So he remains committed to what he said during the campaign that uh, people charged with marijuana-related offenses, number one, everybody gets out, record expunged. Well, again, he's reviewing his clemency powers. That's exactly what that looks like. Um, I don't have any updates or previews beyond that, though. Okay. Yep. So, you know, just turn to research. Let's yeah. not talk about the criminalization that's ongoing and how the president has clemency powers yeah. and could just use them. Oh, he's reviewing them. Just like they're reviewing uh, the efficacy of medical weed, too, right? And, like, the medical benefits or lack thereof. Yeah. They got to review it. No one knows enough about it. Yeah, we need more studies, don't you know? We need more studies. It hasn't and, really been studied very and, much. you know, the DEA did give out some licenses besides to the University of Mississippi, which has held one for decades now, making swag all the time. Right. Uh, and, you know, those people that have those licenses certainly aren't suing the DEA or anything like in the state of Rhode Island with MMJ Biopharma because they can't get the weed that they need for their research. No, that's not going on. It's not just like a hurry up and wait situation. <laughs> of course. The DEA has just fully rolled out research abilities to everyone. Well, you and know, like I, we've seen it plenty of times in, in the general political sphere. When you start to bring up the weed thing, most of the regular Pauls are just fucking rolling their eyes like, oh, this shit again. You know? Yeah. It's not like a, even though it's an overwhelmingly supported um, concept, everyone just, you know, wants that to be ended, the prohibition of weed. Even people who don't smoke, it's more, it's a more popular ballot issue than any single candidate. Weed has more support than any politician. And yet, uh, they just still, you know, shrug and snub. It's always the shrug and snub. It's never taken seriously. It's always seen as some fringe issue when really it's like one of the most central liberty issues that we have in a domestic policy, um, in the whole domestic policy realm. And the easiest fix, too. I mean, Jesus. So easy to fix. Yeah, just take it off the Controlled Substances just pull, Act. Just pull all the prohibitive laws off the books. And that's all. Like, I don't understand why then it has to be create a new alphabet soup agency to regulate, C create these seed to sale metric track, you know, trackers, a free market, everything would correct itself. Yeah. You want to sell. Yeah. They want their tentacles deep inside. You think you can sell moldy weed? No, it's not going to happen. People can go get great weed somewhere else. And people can sue you if you get, they get sick they from get your sick. fucking product too. I That's mean, right. There's already so much. Regulatory, there's always, you know, it's already in existence. Yeah. Just follow the current laws, except for the ones that throw people in prison for pot. It would it's be not, nice. It's such an easy solve, but no one wants to fucking go that way. Well, of course, law enforcement has to do a song and dance on 420. Also, um, I have a story for the lanes later, but there was also a big press release about 150 pounds of weed that was seized at Washington Duels International Airport. 
uh, last Wednesday, heading towards London. So, you know, they say it will be destroyed. That's Officer Douche. Yeah. I guess Officer Douche can enjoy it himself and not send it to the Brits who bought and paid for it here and then tried to send it over the pond. Sorry, England. Womp womp. Got a party in the USA on 420. (laughs) That's right. Also on 420, the Florida Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed filed a lawsuit against the Biden administration. It challenges the federal government's ban (coughs) on allowing medical patients to purchase or possess guns. Well, that's good. Yeah. This is also really great PR for her because she's running for governor. Mm, Makes Um, sense. But it only makes sense that if it's state legal, you should also, I mean, you should never lose your constitutional right to carry. No. (laughs) But, you know. ATF bullshit going on there. Yes, yes. And we need to get rid of that as part of this background check. And it comes in again to this whole notion of like, you can legalize all the shit you want on a local level. And the federal thing is still going to mess with you in a lot of different ways. And there's nowhere that pot's legal in this country. That's right. No matter how legal you think you are, like still all banned. Yep. But yeah, the, uh, when you're buying a gun, there's a question, a yes or no question. Do you use illicit narcotics? And since weed is controlled substance, Schedule 1, uh, that would be a yes, even if you have a medical license or whatever. But if you click, if you click, if you check that box, yes, then they won't sell you the gun. But if you check that box, no, then you're technically lying, and the penalty, if ever uh, followed up on, is like up to five years in prison. So it's pretty messed up. Yeah. The medical patients or anyone is put in this situation over a plant like weed. Yeah. I agree. They don't ask if you're uh, if you drink every day, no. you know, which is I would believe at a much higher risk of injury due to a firearm than someone that smokes weed. Yeah. I'd have to agree with that. Yeah. So, oh well. Here we are. NPR ran a 420 piece uh pushing for the need to get some banking legislation going. Which makes sense. Uh, They focused specifically on Washington State, where this year there's been 80 robberies, and they listed the names of a handful of employees who were shot and killed during robberies. God, that sucks. At legal dispensaries, yeah. And, I mean, they just handle cash all day and then have nowhere to send it. So they put it in a, you know, safe or in the cash register, and it just sits there. Yeah. It's just ripe for the taking. Um, And they also talked about... Places that have 24-hour security, that costs like $50,000 a month. And then weed businesses aren't allowed to take out, you know, tax deductions when they file their taxes because weed's federally illegal. And so they don't get all those benefits. They're being screwed by Section 280E. So it's just nonsense. And what ticks me off more is that the Safe Banking Act has passed six years in a row now. More than that, since 2014. Eight years. It passes the House and then it just dies in Senate every mm-hmm. time. But Pearl Mutter from Colorado, he's been trying to get the banking rolled out because, yeah, it's a huge problem. I mean, that was day one stuff that should have been figured out. Right. But And it's another one of those things that could be easily solved, but it's not. It's being actively blocked by all these banking interests. And, and uh, frankly, I think there's a lot of... Uh, cartel organized crime bullshit involved as well because 
there's a lot of intersection of that with politics. Um, but yeah, essentially, you know, they want it, they want to keep it where it's at because it's convenient. The power structure is convenient and they lose a lot of that the moment that it goes away. That's right. Well, the update is that there are no new updates on good old shoe, Brittany Griner over oh. in Russia. The story broke two months ago. It's been pretty quiet. Her court date's coming up May 19th. So the AP ran a story just talking about how, oh, it's just such a terrible situation. Uh, but allegedly she hasn't signed a full Privacy Act waiver. And that's why no one's talking about it. Also, I don't really think there's much the United States could do for something that's going on in another country until the court date rolls around. But I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know. Um, but, you know, they had to do that no update update just to keep the name around and <laughs> make sure people don't forget. Good old shoe. <laughs> I meant to bring a clip of that song, but maybe next time. Uh, the Biden administration's first national drug control strategy was published. Um, some key takeaways. They want to expand access to naloxone, which has been talked about a lot. They want to expand access to treatment for those who are at the highest risk of overdose, uh, notably the homeless, or as they call them, the unhoused or whatever. Um, then they also mentioned incarcerated, those re-entering society after being incarcerated, and injecting drug users. Uh, they really are focusing on improving data systems, which is where I think those safe injection sites are going to come into use. Because you can ask, you can take data from everyone that goes in there. You know, you might have them sign in, leave a phone number, leave an email. Scan a QR code. Tell them, yeah, ask them, what drugs are you taking? How do you take it? How often do you do these things? Yada, yada, yada. And then just send it over to the federal government, you know? Hey, look at this. Look at this area and all these people that come in to do their drugs with the nurses here. Yeah. Um, there's also a line. They want federal agencies to employ every available tool and seek new ones to uncover financial networks of transnational criminal organizations. So the drug war continues. Hooray. Yeah, and they're going to be seeking new tools to, you know, steal money from criminals all around the world. <laughs> they want to strengthen foreign partnerships to reduce the supply of illicit drugs. Worldwide war on drugs. Woo! Uh, and then uh, reduce the supply of drugs smuggled across our borders, which I think is just kind of silly with states legalizing now. It's like, well, you probably have a bigger problem uh, between states at this point. Yeah. Than from Mexico or Canada. But what do I know? What do I know? What I do know is that Schumer made a promise this week. After letting everyone down with his uh, lack of a 420 filing uh -oh. for his uh, federal legalization bill. So I, I got his promise here. As I'm sure many of you know, I'm join I've joined with colleagues Senator Wyden and Booker to develop the Cannabis Administration and Opportunity Act. Not only would this legislation end the federal prohibition on cannabis, it would also expunge records federal book cannabis offenders, and finally reinvest in communities decimated by the war on drugs. Right now, nearly a dozen Senate committees are working hard at helping draft this bill. It'll be comprehensive, and I promise we will introduce this important piece of legislation before the August recess. It's the right thing to do. It's about individual freedom and basic fairness. 
The war on drugs has too often been a war on people and overwhelmingly on people of color. Not only do we need to end decades of over-policing and over-criminalization when it comes to marijuana, we also must create up real opportunities for entrepreneurs and small businesses to legitimately participate in the cannabis industry. Comprehensive federal cannabis legislation is critical to reaching that goal. It's not easy to get done, but we are going to do it. And I promise to keep working until we get it done. I love the clipping in his audio. Yeah, what was he Skyping in? Well, this was a, I think this was pre-recorded for the National Cannabis Policy Summit that was held last Friday in Uh. D.C., but that's what cracks me up is it seemed pre-recorded and he stumbled over himself. Like, just re-record the message so that you get all the words out clear. Yeah, they don't give Op- a shit. Opportunity. Like, and then uh, this yeah, is the like clipping. A, like a 10-minute part of his daily schedule. You know what I mean? That he has to just, like, roll his eyes and go into a room and then do. And he's like, ah, fuck it, it's done. Yeah. Well, now this he's... This is not part of his main agenda. Making political promises on the August recess filing date. I promise. Plenty of time. I promise and I promise. Mm. Come on. We'll see. I don't believe it. No. No, 420 was the perfect day for a filing. If you can't do that, then, well. Goddamn Republicans! Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Blame the GOP. I forgot the playbook already. I should have learned. A congressional research service has been busy. They published another analysis this past week. This one was 101 pages long. And it focused on the federal-state weed policy gap. Um, There was a lot of things I thought were kind of common sense that were their takeaways. But I'm glad to see it echoed by someone like the Congressional Research Service. The first was that youth rates of using, you know, smoke and weed remain stable in legal states. Although adults are using more frequently. So, wow, can you believe it? In legal states where you have to be 21 or older to buy pot, kids aren't getting their hands on a bunch. Weird, right? Weird. Uh, They mentioned that keeping weed as a Schedule One drug is a barrier to research. Yeah, no joke. Everyone should be able to research it. Just remove it from the CSA. Uh, They said financial institutions need safeguarding to serve dispensaries, which... Echoes everyone. Yeah, we need some banking legislation. Uh, They mentioned that a banking act had passed six times. Uh, That's the Safe Banking Act. I think they should have named it, you know, name dropped it, but whatever. They said there's no established correlation between weed use and traffic crashes, which is good to see. You know, I mean, it's better than saying there is correlation of of that. (laughs) Yeah. They basically just said, like, well, maybe, but we can't really tie the data together to give us a strict answer. Yeah, no joke. Um, They talked about complications for law enforcement, like how drug dogs can't tell the difference between hemp and weed. Yeah. And I remember when we used to uh, go to the Capitol, there would always be a member of law enforcement who would say, I myself can't tell the difference between hemp and weed. Right. Well, maybe this is something you guys should learn. (laughs) I don't know. Oh, well. Um... Oh, who would have thunk arrests have significantly decreased in legal states? Can you believe it? It's amazing. Yeah, strange. Yeah, Um, because the cops treat it different. Yeah. I really believe that a majority of cops nowadays, um, especially the ones that are around our ages, uh, really don't want to arrest people for pot. 
It's just pot. It's like, it's not why they became cops. They don't like doing it. And in states where it's legal, even if it's a gray area kind of stuff, uh, I believe that they are a lot more uh, pushing toward the side of, hey, just get out of here. You know, if it's just some pot. And um, I hope so. It makes, you know, it makes policing better to be policing in a place that doesn't have unjust laws. Like if you, if you policing sucks so bad in places that have unjust laws because, you know, in order to be a cop, you have to enforce those unjust laws. So you have to be that kind of person too. It's just, you know, it's not fair to cops in a lot of senses that uh, weed is illegal. Sure. It's not fair to anyone. No. I just think that's like an aspect that's not thought of a lot, you know? Yeah. And it, I think it could also contribute to like why we're seeing the less arrests in the legal spots. It's because, well, duh. Yeah. You know, the incentives are where they should be instead of where they're not. Yep. They're actually uh, catching criminals who harm people. Correct. Instead of uh, victimless criminals. <laughs> criminals in finger no, just quotes, you know. Dude smoking weed. Dude smoking, <laughs> yeah, but it's Schedule 1, you know. Yes. Federally illegal. Still Circus. a bad boy. Circus. It's, Anyways, uh, this report mentioned something I said earlier, which is that trafficking from Mexico has declined, but interstate trafficking is way up. Yeah. Duh. So much easier to just hop a border between states where there's no checkpoints or anything than to drive from a different country and go yeah. through border patrol. It's safer, cheaper, and better. I mean, yeah, that's to be expected for sure. Yep. $3.7 billion were collected in tax revenue for legal pot in 2021. Whoa. You know, that should get some uh, politicians' ears raised. All cash, baby. Yeah, that's a lot of moolah. And finally, they noted in this report, which just takes me off about Saki statements earlier, that Biden can grant mass amnesty to people who violated federal weed laws, and his administration can also move to federally legalize weed without waiting for lawmakers to act. Well, you know, he's reviewing it. Yeah, he's reviewing it. Because <laughs> it's like... Uh, they just lay it out in fact, like, hey, you should just do this, dude. Yeah. Because uh, it's complicated. This is the right beauty now. of the, politi the political class, is like, once they actually do what they tell you they're going to, you know, what they're promising you to do if you vote for them, then that part goes away. Right, I they know. They can't hold you hostage for it anymore. Yeah, know? it's all just bribery yeah. from the voters, but... It's the guy with a carrot on the end of a fishing pole, you know. Ooh, ooh, ooh. That's why weed's always been legal in the bowl. You know, can't wait on those idiots. Yes. Can't vote for them either. So, both parties, you know. I know, Not one or the other. They all suck. All these politicians suck. They say they're going to do things and then they don't. And then if one comes around that uh, actually does live up to their campaign promises, they get ousted. They don't make it. So, Yeah, that's what we got to work with. Yeah, puppets. Puppets to lobbyists. Anyways, Arizona generated more tax revenue from legal weed sales than tobacco and alcohol sales combined last month. Wowie, zowie. Yeah. They made uh, $1.7 million in tobacco sales, $3.7 million in liquor sales, and $6.3 million in weed sales. Yeah, I like money, though. Now, it still kind of makes me sick paying taxes. You know what I mean? Let's just let me buy the thing and not pay taxes on it. Right. But there you go, you lizards. <laughs> Here's your uh, fly. A fly with big numbers on them. Lots of tax money for you. Yummy, yummy. Yeah. Bad news for Idaho. Um, 
Both of their initiatives, one to legalize medical weed and one to decriminalize weed, aren't going to be on the ballot because they didn't get enough signatures. And they didn't get enough signatures because they didn't have financial backing to gather signatures. Yep. You have to pay signature gatherers. Yeah. There's no other way to do it. Now they have to wait two more years to try again. And I wish them luck. Yes. You know, I'd love to just see a great donor fall from the sky and give them a bunch of money to do what they got to do. But uh, that's not usually how it works. There's usually a pack that comes through and runs the show and takes over. Just saying. (laughs) Um, A lawsuit was filed in Chicago by the True Social Equity in Cannabis Group against what they're calling the Chicago Cartel. Um, They are suing... Akerna Corp, Green Thumb Industries, Inc., Verano Holdings, and Certera Holdings, Inc., who are linked to three families. These are the alleged Chicago cartel. Pritzker, who's the governor, Wrigley, and Kovler. Um, So they're just saying that the whole market's monopolized from cultivation to retail and that folks between these three families are colluding to control prices. And that's why pounds are going for $4,000 a piece. Versus if you look over in other states, like, say, California, you can grab one for 300 bucks. Yep. So, we'll see how that lawsuit goes. <laughs> but I thought that was quite interesting. That is weird. Hmm. A wild one. Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds signed a bill allowing hemp cultivation sites to expand from 40 acres to 320 acres. Wowie zowie, big expansion. Yeah. It's a that is a right step direction. in the right direction. After all, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction after all. That was a big thing. A big thing. (laughs) Yeah. Maine Governor Janet Mills signed a bill allowing reimbursements to municipalities of up to $20,000 to cover the expenses of rolling out recreational weed businesses. Um, And the money will come from the sales and excise taxes imposed on recreational products. Where did it come from? Yeah, just kind of circles around there, but ultimately ends up in the municipality pockets, which is gross, but here we are. <laughs> the, you know, I was like, what are these expenses? It's not like you're the one renting the property, buying the property, fixing it up, hiring the security. That's all like the dispensary owner's job. They're talking about making a board of oversight and maybe having to come up with some uh, regulations. Yeah, like, waste, waste don't to spend you have a salary? Waste don't to spend have, the money they yeah, say they need. Yeah, but don't you have spend. a salary that covers doing those things during your day? No. No, they always need more money. It should end. Uh, Snoop Dogg performed in Lincoln, Nebraska on 420. Oh. Thought that was an interesting spot. D-O-double-G in, in Lincoln. Yeah. Um, wow. Did he blaze up hard? I'm sure he did. It's just so I would wild, be disappointed like, uh, if he didn't. Nebraska's just like... <laughs> well... It's wild that a guy like Snoop Dogg can... Go to Nebraska and just chief out wherever he's at, you know? <laughs> yeah, I was reading some of the <laughs> stories coming out before the concert um, where cops were like, here's our plan. We're not going to be arresting people because there's going to be 10,000 people blazing up and what can we do about that? Right. And I was like, okay, that would be nice. I'm sure people, easy pickings, got arrested that night, but I don't have any of the numbers to back it up. I just don't trust cops. Um, But yeah. The Dogfather closed his set by saying, we're going to legalize this shit in this state. So I hope they do. I would love to see that. Um, He also met with the families of medical patients after and just listened to them. You know, just listen to all the crazy shit they have to do to keep their kids alive. 
They have to be criminals to keep their kids, uh, give their kids quality of life in a lot of instances here. And it just makes you sick uh, that they don't have access to their medicine. Um, but I was thinking the whole time I'm reading these press releases coming out, man, wouldn't it be nice if Snoop Dogg just footed the $1 million bill that was dropped by that donor who was killed in a small plane crash? They lost their biggest donor recently. So now they're down a million dollars for gathering signatures. A million dollars. Like, they need a million dollars, basically, to see this hit the ballot and go anywhere. And I didn't see anything about that, but I think if someone could foot that bill, it could have been Snoop Dogg. Just saying. That's true. (laughs) I would. That would be really cool. Never gonna happen. That would be so cool. Oh, well. Well, New Jersey cops may be able to use pot off-duty under existing federal law. Oh, really? Yeah. This has been an ongoing debate since New Jersey's recreational sale started last Thursday. Yes, that's 421. Hmm. That's okay, because they got to celebrate 422. That's right. Uh, The state attorney general in New Jersey issued a memo clarifying that cops can't be punished for off-duty pot use, which to me makes sense. Yes. If we view it as medicine, you should be able to use whatever medicine you want. (laughs) Um. But, you know, people's feathers got ruffled, and there's some lawmakers over there talking about filing a bill to match the other legal states that say, oh, no, you have a high-security job. You can't smoke pot off-duty. You can't smoke pot at all. Bah. Um, and, you know, we talked earlier about uh, the ATF background check thing that says, oh, you smoke weed, you can't buy a gun. Um, but... There's a, if you keep reading that policy, it goes on. It says, the provisions of this chapter relating to firearms shall not apply with respect to the transportation, shipment, receipt, possession, or importation of any firearm or ammunition imported for, sold, or shipped to, or issued for the use of the United States or any department or agency thereof, or any state or any department, agency, or political subdivision thereof. So wouldn't cops be covered under that? Yeah. You would think so. Because they but... represent the United States, a department of the United States. That's the wild thing about all of these little fights, the legal tips that happen over this. Like, you know, don't make me bring up equal protection again. Like, they don't give a shit, you know? They carve out special exceptions for weed all the time. Yeah. And they're like, uh, they've been doing it since fucking Genesis. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, God gave us all of the seed-bearing plants. All not, of them. Not all of them except for weed. Just all of them. Anyway, what do I know? A lot. Damn politicians. Uh, New Mexico awarded its first consumption lounge license. I thought that was cool. Ooh. I love consumption lounges. That's uh, That's where again? I'm sorry. New Mexico. New Mexico. Yep. Party in New Mexico. Mm, I'll have to keep my eye on it. Yep. Uh, Let's see. The North Dakota Secretary of State greenlighted the new approach filing, so they started gathering signatures there to put it on the November ballot. Uh, I'm no fan of new approaches legalization method. It would only allow three plants for home grow. That's total. Oh, three man. plants. I mean, a seed. You could have like a seedling. One. Uh, That's horseshit. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, they have a license cap, seven cultivation facilities, and 18 retailers, all of North Dakota. Jeez. Yeah, three plants, uh, you really can't viably grow your own little crop if you can only have three p- plants across stages. Ridiculous. So what, you can only have like 
You only crack a seed at a time or what? Yeah, essentially. You can't, like, it's just... Unless you grow three at the same time and then go through a period of, you know, having to start from the beginning again. Ugh. Uh, under this new approach filing, manufacturers would be required to pay $110,000 every other year as a registration fee. Oh, man. Just for existing. Just An for... ongoing registration fee. <laughs> yeah. And it would also extend to retailers, but they their fee is $90,000. Holy shit. And this shit. is just ridiculous when you already know they don't get tax breaks because federally illegal. No, they have to go under some extra tax structure. Almost yeah, exactly. Because always. always like one of the conditions of opening the market up is this extra special tax that they slap on weed. Yeah. It's disgusting. Um, and then they mention here that those fees will go towards the implementation and administration of the program, but it doesn't lay out how it's going to use all that money. That's a lot of money. Yes, it is. $100,000 coming in from every licensed person in the state, manufacturers and retailers. Oh, it's a bad idea. I don't like that. And I would rather wait to pass a good law than... Just pass a shitty one because yay weed, you know? Yeah. But that's just me. Ohio lawmakers filed a bill mirroring the text of a voter-initiated legalization proposal on 420 um, as part of this initiative required. Um, but if they don't pass it by May 28th, the activists can put it on the ballot by collecting 133,000 more signatures. This was all put together by the coalition to regulate marijuana like alcohol, in which they don't regulate it at all like alcohol, because there's a purchase and possession limit of two and a half ounces for flour and 15 grams for concentrates, a six plant home grow limit with 12 max per household. So, you know, a husband and wife can each grow six plants, hmm. uh, 10% sales tax. And of course, the medical operators get a head start on all of this. They can just pretty much upgrade their license to be recreational also, which is the, the club. Right. You'll have to see it, not. <laughs> um, then there'd be 40 recreational cultivator licenses available and 50 retailer licenses. And uh, additional licenses can be issued two years after the first operator is approved. But why not just start with a free market? It's so stupid. Also in Ohio, regulators expanded the definition of THC... Um, they went from being just Delta 9 to include Delta 1, 3, 4, 6, 8, and 10. Oh, man. Um, because of course, you know, you can find D8 at gas stations and in a lot of CBD products. Yep. Um, but here we are. This will go into effect May 2nd. And, uh, I guess you'll only be able to get D8 products at dispensaries. Ridiculous. Yep. Closing all loopholes. Mm -hmm. Oklahoma lawmakers sent the governor a bill requiring medical cultivation license applications to file a $25,000 bond along with that application. Um, and it, what grosses me out about this bill is that it says, oh, regulators can also require a higher amount for your bond depending on uh, how likely it is that they're going to have to like repossess your land, basically. <laughs> They talked about the difficulty of reclamation with consideration for topography, hydrology, and revegetation potential. Mm. So, yeah. Not only do you have to pay a fee to file for a license, then you got to have a bond, too. Wonderful. 
We love those barriers to entry. Yeah. It's just wonderful. It really helps the little guy, like, have a chance. Yeah. Especially when barriers to entry is such a buzz term that you hear thrown around and then they just throw these barriers up in your face. It's almost like, like hmm. they carve out an exception for weed. Hmm. Yeah. Almost. Texas Normal released a report looking at arrests from 2017 to 2021. Good news is that arrests in Texas are steadily decreasing. Um, Kind of bummer news is that 97% of these arrests were for simple possession. And almost half of the arrests were Texans between the ages of 17 and 24. So these are really young lives that are being ruined still by the war on drugs, the war on weed. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I hate to see that. Yep. I know. It's frustrating. And finally, my last story uh, for the Behind the Curtain segment is that Switzerland's Federal Office of Public Health has approved a pilot program in Basel for pharmacies to sell recreational weed. Mm. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. Makes sense, you know? Yeah. That's why you go to buy your drugs. Yeah, drugstore. Pick up your drugstore, yeah, pick up your weed there, too. Uh, I'd like to also see it in uh, liquor stores and convenience stores. And grocery and bars, stores. And grocery stores, yeah, exactly. And farmer's markets. Farmer's markets is the most important to me. Farmer's market's good. Yes. Pretty much everywhere I see artisanal craft beers and bottles of, like, bourbon. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much everywhere <laughs> would Cigarettes. be cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you see cigarettes sold all over the place. But here we are. Here we are. If you can buy a chili dog there, you should also be able to buy a joint. That's right. Chili dogs and joints, baby. That's the life. That is the life. Well, thanks for keeping us up to date in the weed world. Oh, yeah. My pleasure. Um, the Rat Voice keeps us up to date in the metal world. Talking, of course, about the newly knighted Sir Reverend Cyber Trucker. Um, also, just happens to me tonight's executive producer. And uh, he brings us uh, a fresh metal moment. He he got it in super early. I think he was uh, extra excited about this one. That's my guess. In the bowl and in the morning. This here is Sir Reverend Cybertrucker and Kenny and Grogu with this week's Metal Moment. So right out the gate to celebrate my knighthood, we're going straight to one of my favorite video game covers of all time. This is the Mortal Kombat theme, epic metal cover by Little V Mills.
Excellent. Excellent. Nice one. Yeah, that was epic. A little Mortal Kombat, man. Yes, congratulations again, Rev, for becoming Sir Rev. And uh, looking forward to seeing your Night Ring picture. Yeah. On the road. Sound like uh, Kenny's got a new friend, too. Yeah, he does. So that's cool. Um, what is the artist name of that one again? Oh, boy. Let me on the spot. Let me, let me see if I have it. I might not have it on me right now. But it will be in the show notes. We will have it in the show notes for you. Um, what we don't have in the show notes for you, you have to listen to the show for, are our lovely voicemails from all of the bowlers out there who call in, um, usually for the first time I ever topic that we do every week. And this one is uh, the first time I ever had an out-of-body experience. Always an interesting topic. And uh, we'll get into it right now with this first caller. Hey, bowlers. So, my the first time I ever had an out-of-body experience was, uh, um, well, let's just say it was uh, with a special someone. Uh-oh. And um, Now, I'm not going to claim that I went three hours, but I will claim that I achieved the same result. And <laughs> it was magical and special. And all I can say is, um, yeah, it was... Uh, it was pretty fucking amazing. Uh, yeah. Everybody should uh, have a special someone like that where uh, you can... That's possible. In the bowl, y'all. In the bowl, phone boy. In the bowl. You little Romeo. A little Marvin Gaye action. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Special someone. Took him out his body. You know what I'm saying? If you know what this next caller's saying, raise your hand. Face to the screen, bowlers. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to make it into the bowl tonight. Um, oh, you're in the bowl right now, dude. But I had an idea of something earlier that made me think of you guys. It was the Billy Joel song, you know, We Didn't Start the Fire, but how about Weed Didn't Start the Fire? You know, like you have the, the weed. Cause, well, but maybe weed did start the fire, you know. It gave people like a, a new consciousness or like a new way of looking at things. Maybe weed did start the fire. Possibly. So... I'm not musically inclined, but I was just thinking, like, we didn't start the fire. I like it. It was always burning since the world's been turning. So, like, people have been smoking weed since the world's been turning, too, I think, you know? Yeah, yeah that's an old um, point. I don't know. Tell me what you think. I'd, I'll try to catch the show tonight, but I don't know. I it's love like it. A preliminary that's what I bowl, think. Bowling. Uh, I'm just practicing. Yeah. So, uh, hope you guys liked it. Uh, see you later. In the bowl. In the bowl, face to the screen. I think we've all just been singing the song wrong this whole time. Yeah, we, we didn't, didn't start, start the, the fire. Yeah. I can dig it. That's great. I have a musical idea I haven't told you yet. I'll tell you after the show. Okay. Um, I look forward to that. But I'll tell you, this next caller uh, is going to hear. We're going to hear from him right now. How to bother experience. I mean, there was that time that I was with uh, Fox and and uh, Scully. Oh. We were, uh, there was some stuff going on, and there was this bright light in the sky. And next thing I knew, I was, like, looking down on myself, Ooh. looking down on them, too. And I was, I was pretty trippy. But uh, minus that, like, I've never had another out-of-body experience. Uh, not really, uh, 
not to say it requires it, but I'm not a partaker of uh, of uh, other substances, you might say. So uh, uh-huh. just uh, just uh, coffee and the liqueur. So, I don't know. I haven't done a lot of different drugs. Yeah, and like I mentioned before, my dreams are always just pretty blah. So anyway, but I'm curious what others shall be saying. So listening, I shall. All right. All right. Well, maybe I'll go have one now because I'm going to go take a nap because I was kind of tired at work and I figured oh, yeah. I might as well just take a nap now and, and uh, you know, be rejuvenated later. So, all right. Well, it is that time where we say I love you guys. Love you. Adios. Stay dangerous. Oh, yeah. And Pekka. No agenda social. Me. Bye now. Christopher Battles. Yeah, we love you, Christopher Battles. Oh, yeah. Um, I had a note in here. <sighs> okay, there we go. The Boogle transcription. transcription bot loves him, too, eh? Yeah, Liba, yeah. A couple in there. A couple in there. Uh, you were an out-of-body experience? Once. And I was little. And it was pretty mundane. I got up. I was at my uh, great-grandparents' house where I lived. And it was morning, and I got up out of bed, and I walked down the stairs, and I saw my Nana prepping my Papa's breakfast or cooking something, and uh, it smelled real good. And then all of a sudden, I uh, woke up, and I was in my bed, and I was like, what the hell? And I walked down the stairs, and she was in the same spot doing the same thing, wearing the same clothes and the same smell. But that's it. That's all. That's all. No. I haven't, like, I didn't, I didn't look down on my body. You know, yeah. Like I hear about, like uh, I know my papa. He used to talk, tell me a story about when he was in the Korean War and he got hit by shrapnel. Like when they finally got him into the hospital, he exited his body, lifted up to the ceiling, and was looking down on himself as they were operating on him. Mm. I've never had anything like that. I've read about that kind of thing, but yeah. What about you? For me, well, I've had a a, a few different sort of dream situations, like what you described. Um, and I think I talked about one of them when we talked with Chris on dreams too, but, uh, yeah, it was similar to mine. Exactly. (laughs) Where you're kind of floating up in the air and looking down and seeing what's going on for real. And then you wake up and everything's like, as you saw it, but you've been in bed the whole time. Yeah. It's wild. But I would say outside of being asleep, like in waking life, the one time I had a out of body experience was... Uh, my junior year of high school and we had this huge english project at the end of the at the end of junior year it was an ap english and there was this big project that had like it was a portfolio project so there was several different papers in it that we had through you know written throughout the year so it was like a song of myself or all about me or some kind of crap you know yeah and uh i in my typical style put most of it off till like the end so I pulled an all-nighter, putting it together at the final spot, and uh, <laughs> I'd been taking, like, no-dose and uh, uh, full-throttle energy drinks the whole time. Nice. So stayed all up throughout all that day and that night, and then went to school the next day, turned it in, had to work at the grocery store after school, and then uh, riding my bike everywhere, too. This is before I was dri- uh It's just before I got my own car. And, uh, yeah, I was just so exhausted and pedaling 
out to my house and going uphill uh, to home, it was in the, it was like, it was not quite summer, you know, but it was at the end of the semester. So it was pretty hot outside. And then I got to the top of the hill and then from the crest, it was like all downhill to my house. And so then just coasting out, I made the first turn and then I just kind of floated above myself and I just watched myself bike the rest of the way home, Whoa. like coasting down. So it was like a bird's eye view, myself just biking home. How'd you get back in your body? Were you like, oh shit, that's me? No, I just kind of like closed my eyes and opened them again, like mm. kind of before I got to the driveway and it was just there. And uh, I don't know. I also was bed? so delusionally tired that, yeah. My, yeah. It didn't even feel like my feet were on the ground when I got off the bike, you know? Yeah. And I don't really remember much, but yeah, I went right to bed. Ugh. Being tired sucks. Yeah, the sleep deprivation can cause some weird stuff with your brain for sure. Yeah, that's usually when the shadow people come out, I've heard. That is possible. That is, I've heard that too. I've never seen a shadow people. You're lucky. I'll pull out my lighter. The shadows disappear. <laughs> Uh, pull out your lighter and this next caller may appear though. So the first time I ever had an out of body experience, um, was when I, well, I've had many out of body experiences since, but one very memorable one was when I ate a 50 gram, 50 milligram edible on an empty stomach and then proceeded to drive down this country road in an 80 foot long vehicle. Yeah, not the best idea I ever had, Uh -uh. as I literally and figuratively sat in my passenger seat and had a conversation with myself in the driver's seat. Nice. And I swore that if I ever got out of it alive, I would never eat an edible on an empty stomach and drive. (laughs) And so far, I've kept that promise to myself, and I plan on keeping it in the future as well, because I don't need to wreck my truck just because I'm having, you know, a really good time. No doubt. In the bowl, y'all. Phoenix out. I'm never, ever, ever going to smoke weed again. In the bowl, Phoenix. Man, the edibles can get on top of you. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. They, they hit way different, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. Oh, uh, we have a follow-up. One last bowl to toke alone. Here's to the future and a new home where love is found and joy abounds. To souls shall dance and frolic around. So dance with me, my endless love, into the mist and high above. The roughest path we've so strode, our futures adorned in red and gold. Je t'en, mon ami. Je One more, one more, one more. Do again. You stole my heart when I wasn't aware it was even still housed in there. You me- you rescued me from my dead end life. Someday I hope to be your wife. For today I'll settle for a glass and a toke. Your lips on mine, your arms wrapped tight. Hold me now, all through the night. Bow, 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 bow. Hitting them with some Phoenix love poems, man. I love them. The princess poetry. That's right, that's right. Love you, Phoenix. Yeah, we sure do. And uh, thanks for all the support tonight, too. Big episode. Big episode. Uh, big caller coming in. Um, the first out-of-body experience that I have, uh, I don't know if this, this probably, I mean, this qualifies, I think. Yes. But uh, it was like six or seven. Okay. 
and I had such a high fever, and when I get a high fever, I get delirious. Mm-hmm. Still, the last time it happened, I was probably. I know my dad was alive because I was in my twenties. I was living with him, and he like flipped out and like was throwing me in the shower, in the ice cold shower, because I was hallucinating. Um, nice. That's fun. <laughs> anyways, back to when I was six. Uh, uh, I hallucinated uh, that I was basically in the set of Happy Days, and I was a big Fonzie fan back then. <laughs> uh, and I claimed that Fonzie was sitting right at the end of my bed. Um, hey. And saw the whole thing around me and my parents. That's same thing. Freaked out, and I know they put me in like a uh, cold, cold bath, and then I don't know if they t- took me in somewhere. I think they did, because it's like the whole that whole night's a blur. But I had extremely, extremely high temperature. I can't even remember what the hell that was from either. But uh, if it was like some sort of other. Uh, virus or if it was just the flu. Um, but yeah, anyways, I hallucinated I was on a set of happy days. Nice. Hey, hey. In, the, in the bowl. <laughs> Some cool hallucination. Hey. Oh my goodness gracious. That's a good fever dream. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Last time our eldest had a fever dream, she started confessing everything that uh, she broke of mine <laughs> that I didn't know about. <laughs> Craziness. Yeah, ratting herself out, man. What's up with that? I know. What's that all about? But she was, like, talking to her sister. But it was me. So what's that all about? It's funny. <sighs> hey, what's this next caller all about? Hi, bowlers. Hey. Hey. Spencer. Hi. What's up, Fletch? DeLorean. Hi. Hello, Bullerito. Bowlers. Hi. First time I ever had a out-of-body experience. It was actually... An end of body experience, but just another body, not mine. Oh, that's so cool. it was a twofer, out of my body into another. So you body. can you can hang up if you've heard this before. Body I know swap. I've told it, I just don't remember where. It sounds crazy, but it's the fucking truth. When I was a kid, I mean a young kid, like before going into kindergarten, I um I I stayed in this uh. This uh, room in the house I grew up in, I was on the corner. It's like the the southwest corner, but it had these big windows, and so the sun would come in, like, pretty early in the day. And um, I remember, like, sitting on the floor in there, playing with whatever various toys, and, like, the light would come through the blinds in a, in a certain way, and you could see the dust and you know little particles like floating in the air yeah and also just like the sun rays coming through those those blinds and um and they're red blinds but anyway Mm. um if ever i would um focus on the light coming in and then focus on on uh the dust kind of floating in the air it was like i would focus and you know like zoom in like freeze zoom enhance yeah but Really, um, and then before I knew it, I was seeing things from someone else's eyes. Like my mind, my consciousness was in someone else's body, and it would it wouldn't last long either. It would and be like maybe thirty seconds most, you know. 
And uh, I, I never see the people's face. I just knew I was not in my body because I was suddenly taller. Um, I might see what they were doing with the, you know, like they might have been writing something. They might have been um, uh, doing the dishes or or things like that. Um, and it never, I never, I never thought that was out of the ordinary either. I huh. thought that's just what happened when you when you kind of oh, oh. cliffhanger part two. Yeah, I don't know where it cut me off. <laughs> um, yeah, um, so I never thought that was out of the ordinary. Yeah, that uh, it didn't last long. It didn't freak me out. Um, I just thought that was something that happened when uh, when you when you kind of zone out. Yeah, and uh, and whatnot. You know. You're, I didn't think of it like me leaving my body and going into another one. I just thought I was, that was zoning out. I thought that's what that was. But mm. the last time it happened, uh, happened the same way every time with the, with the sunlight focusing on that and the dust in the air. I, uh, I'm in a, in a body. I know it's not mine. It's taller. Um, and they were in their kitchen and, uh, walking like through their house into this short hallway and they look into their living room and I go, I recognize that, you know, like in my mind, you know, that's what I'm thinking. Like, I recognize that. Yeah. That's uh, my neighbor's house. And they were Janet. And then my next door neighbor, as a matter of fact. And she keeps walking. At the time, I didn't know, like, I was in her body until she walks down the hallway into her bathroom, looks down at the sink and then looks in the mirror and I'm, looking in the mirror and seeing Janet's face. Whoa. And it freaked me out. Like, I couldn't leave. Like, I was like, uh, uh. And uh, I don't know how I let, like, the sheer panic of it, I guess, maybe, uh, snapped me out of it. And the look on Janet's face wasn't like, where's, where am I or right. anything? And uh, it certainly didn't look like <laughs> I was feeling like sheer panic. Um. Yeah, and that was the last time it happened. It never happened again. Wow. And um, I never really even spoke about it until the you know past few years, like within the past five years, maybe a little longer, because I didn't really understand uh, that it was even possible uh, yeah. for that sort of thing to happen. That's pretty wild. Um, but with the dreams I have, that some are very, very realistic, and it's like my mind is traveling to these places and interacting with these people. That's when I started to recall um, this, this when I was a kid. Like I said, I was a young kid, pre-kindergarten kind of kid. And, uh, yeah, that's that. Yeah. Dang. That is wild. Wowie zowie. There's so much we don't understand yeah. about this reality. <laughs> Definitely that. Yeah. No doubt there. Thanks, Fletch, for your call. Yeah, thank you, Fletcher. Uh, Fletcher, of course, of Hog Story. Every Monday and Thursday night, hogstory.net. It's where that's at. I'm still tripping on the uh, that vivid imagery of the dust and the yes. sun rays and everything. Because I know, you although know. although not a red blind, and may hey maybe that's a factor, man. Yeah, red, the red red blinds. Because you hear about like the red door. Yeah, it's like a in a astral projection or exactly, whatever. Exactly, the astral projection portal mm. could be something to that. But I've totally zoned out on the. The sun rays and the dust particles, but Definitely. never went anywhere. <laughs> Definitely. No, never besides like the zoom enhanced thing, like you're saying. Yeah. 
but also wouldn't see that. I can vividly remember like a certain window in my parents' bedroom that would do that, you know. I think it was the southern exposure. Like they they had a window on the southern side of the house, so that would make sense. Yeah. Any time of the day going through there. Uh, we did have one more. All right. In the can here. I guess listening to your show and I heard about the out-of-body experience thing. Oh, yeah. I remember uh, one time I was, uh, my grandma's dying, and so um, she's kind of a little big family. Now there's people that are your cousins, so they're not really your cousins, but you call me cousins. Yeah. Anyway, she used to serve coffee out of this, like, a hotel-sized coffee maker, like this big old silver metal thing, probably like three feet tall. And my grandparents had this above-ground pool. And so we would, all of my cousins and I, we would swim in this pool. And she'd have this coffee maker going for the adults. And I remember one time I got out of the pool, and I reached for a styrofoam cup next to the coffee maker. It had poured myself some water. And I got jolted. And I remember that jolting feeling, feeling like it lasted longer than it did, probably. And I remember seeing myself from behind me, my, my head, and and my body flailing with the electric jolt. And I remember seeing a bowl of spoons that my grandma had put out fly up in the air. Whoa. Um, and while I, you know, was looking back from behind me at my head, and I feel like I shocked my soul out of myself, but I uh, came back to, luckily. And um, no one believed me because uh, they're all super Catholic, and that kind of shit's weird to them, so. That's my story. I hope you guys have a great one. Uh, this is Dan in St. Louis. Love y'all. Much love, oh, Dan. We love you. Good to hear from you, brother. Yeah. MMO.show. That's where you gotta go. Uh, yeah. Well, that was a good F-tie. That was. What are we gonna do next? Want to think How do we about follow that up? Get out of body about... Uh, we did have a couple that were really good last week that were put in. Um... Oh, me, oh, mine. I remember first time you ever signed a lease was one of them. That's right. I remember that one. Yeah, that's not a bad uh, grab. All right. First time I ever signed a lease. There we have it. And, uh, you know, once we declare the F-tie, then that means uh, there's only one thing left to do. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Yeah, let's go bowling. So uh, on 420, there was a traffic accident on I-70 in Callaway County, Missouri, which uh, led to 500 pounds of weed being scattered across the highway. Whoa. Yeah. That's for everybody in the immediate vicinity. Yeah. The good news is no one was seriously injured. Uh, the bad news is, uh, well, okay, so there was a semi trying to avoid an accident. And then this truck that two Mexicans were in. Uh, tried to avoid hitting the semi, but couldn't, so they rear-ended it, and then they got rear-ended by a semi behind them, and, uh, the Mexicans in the truck were the ones carrying the weed around, driving with the weed around. So, both of those men were charged with felony drug trafficking, and, um, the driver was given additional charges of careless and imprudent driving, resulting in a crash. So, uh, the cops, of course, took the big brag photo of the pile of all these pounds of weed you know Uh, vacuum sealed uh, pounds in a big pile and said you know oh it took more than one patrol car to haul all this evidence off haha that's a dumb place to keep balls 
Yeah, the evidence locker is a terrible place to keep bowls That's and right. weed. Get it out. Yeah. Give it back, man. Yeah. Uh, then in Florida, a bride and her caterer were arrested after serving edibles to unsuspecting wedding guests. You know, you can have a 420 wedding just to let people know what's going on. Some people don't want to eat a bunch of edibles. Yeah, come on. Some people need just a bite of edibles and then they're good. Um, you know, guests ended up feeling ill uh, or, you know, they were probably feeling stoned but didn't know what they were feeling and right. wound up in the hospital to get treatment and, of course, tested positive for THC. Um, <laughs> one guy... When the cops uh, showed up, said, man, I was trying to call you, but I couldn't get my phone to operate. He's all fumbled fingered from the edibles. So they tested this food at the wedding and um, the chocolate covered strawberries, pudding shots and lasagna all what? tested positive for THC. So that's like the main course, not just one dessert. Like we had one edible and then the rest of the stuff was cool. Oh my cool. God. But um, someone did uh, have a quote in the article saying, you know, I was feeling stoned and I looked at the bride and said, is this is this all edibles? And she was like, huh, yeah. Wow. So she didn't deny it. She just didn't tell anyone, well, which is dangerous. <laughs> here's it's... for weed lasagna, though. I mean. Oh, for real. That's awesome. But don't drug people without telling right, them. That's you can't cool. sneak it into people's food. That's evil thing to do yeah even though it's only pot like just tell them yeah and let them make the decision if it's the right time for them and how many people still get piss tested you know that's not fair right, to ruin yeah. their career yeah. choices over if people's are on papers a little fun you sneak them so, weed that's really cruel yeah it's cruel and so they were arrested and charged with tampering culpable negligence and delivery of marijuana you know that's the official paperwork language there i see the Oklahoma Election Board ruled that a candidate cannot refer to himself as the Patriot on the ballot. <laughs> okay. No. This is a uh, rep. He's got three names almost. Kevin Sean Roberts. So mm. I see why he might be want to be known as the Patriot. Um, But it seems he's hit his term limit and is now running for labor commissioner. Okay. But uh, no, Kevin Sean, you cannot be called the Patriot. You're a Patriot, not the Patriot. That's right. Is that how it goes? Yeah, and not on the ballot. On the ballot, you're just Kevin Sean Roberts. That's just your name. People got to know who they're voting for, right. you know? Yeah, that is... I think that's part of it. That should be uh, pretty basic, actually. If you have to run for public office, you have to do so as you. Yeah. No, I mean, if you had a thing associated with your campaign, like a nickname, I could see that. A nickname, maybe. Even a nickname is in quotes in the name, though. Yeah, you're right. It's incorporated into your full name. Right. Like Victoria, Vicky, whatever. Right. Yeah, well. Oh, this horror story came out last week, maybe the day after the bowl, maybe a few days, but a woman was rescued from a vault toilet in a national forest after diving in to retrieve her phone. She didn't dive in on purpose. She fell in. Nice. Yep, this was at the top of Mount Walker in Olympic National Forest, northwest of Seattle. Her phone fell on the toilet, so she disassembled the seat and used dog leashes to try and fish it out. 
Uh, when that didn't work, she tried to use the leash to tie herself and reach for it, like a harness, I guess. But that didn't work, and she fell head first into the poo-poo. Oh, God. Yeah. Worst part is she was alone. So it's not like there's someone that's like, oh, let me reach in and help you out or whatever. Uh, she tried to get out on her own for 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, that didn't work. But she did find her phone in the poo-poo, so <laughs> she was able to call 911. Very lucky. Yeah. Firefighters then passed her blocks to stand on to reach a harness, and they used that to pull her out. She was uninjured, uh, but obviously had to be washed down and was strongly encouraged to seek medical attention after being exposed to human waste. Yes. Um, they say she just wanted to leave, though. But, <laughs> boy, I, I think she's really lucky to not pass out or, like, die from the fumes. It's gotta be something. nasty, you know what I mean? nasty, the, the, nasty. Oh we know God. it's not good for you. I would have just forgotten the phone, personally. Yeah, I been at like, that oh, point. I dropped my phone in a pile of shit. Fuck <laughs> the phone. Fuck the phone. Exactly. Exactly. But I don't have a heavy attachment with my phone anyway. It's just a tool to me. <laughs> you know, I'm not like FaceTiming all the time or... I don't know. Right. All the people I want to talk to, besides my podcasting buddies, are in person. Right. So it's like, meh. Oh, well. and you can get a new phone and turn it on. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. You know, there's these things <laughs> called backups. <laughs> Billy Bones in the chat says probably an iPhone user. <laughs> I think that's a good guess. Uh, it's nasty. Yeah, yeah. Get Titus. Get nasty. For... Leave the phone. Yeah, and then get tested for hepatitis for for real. Ugh. Ugh. Oh well, Florida woman has been uh in the news a lot this week, I guess, because. A Florida woman was arrested for threatening to blow up her son's high school unless the cafeteria workers gave him more food. Uh-oh. Yeah. Once again, this was a threat left in a voicemail. Oh, Just man. Just a bad idea. Especially Psycho if you voicemails. yourself are hangry at the time of leaving that voicemail. Yeah, and clearly you know you're I mean? not doing no... <laughs> Star six seven or nothing like uh, oh I know on. come on people no cover in your ass um so yeah she was charged with making a false bomb threat and disruption of a school uh that was all the way back in February though February third um and they said that the cafeteria worker said that the boy had argued with them because he wanted more food on that day so paperwork was filed ordering for her arrest on April seventh and uh, she was arrested on four twenty. Which, that's a pretty lame thing to be arrested for on 420, if no you ask doubt. me. Hi, I'm sorry. Um, you said you were going to blow up your son's school because he didn't get enough food? I want more food! Give me more food! Uh, that might have been what the lady in drive-thru was saying when a Birmingham Arby's employee threw hot grease on her. Oh, shit. But I'm not sure, because the details of the argument were, weren't released. But yes, a uh, woman suffered second-degree burns over a large part of her body and had to be hospitalized after this uh, employee at Arby's threw hot grease on her. It's no bueno. Seems a bit the extreme. Employee has, of course, been fired, and lawsuits <laughs> have been filed. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I should hope you got He's been fired. Can you imagine? Uh, can you imagine... Uh, well, we we wrote him up. <laughs> we wrote him up. Yeah, that was the second write up, you know. So like, if he does one more thing, he's out of here. That's the kind of thing that makes me think. Just take you a nap. 
Yeah, or put some food in your belly. Jesus, you work at Arby's. I mean, grab something. Yeah, what's up with that? I don't know. Maybe you need to take a nap, because you sound miserable. For real. Florida man was also sentenced to two years in federal prison this week for stealing his twin brother's identity to obtain military veterans' benefits. dang ring. Yeah. He applied for a... Subsidized housing benefits back in 2014 and kept this thing rolling because the VA provided him $32,000 in medical services over that time. Uh, HUD, the Housing and Urban Development, provided him almost $19,000 in housing subsidies. The USDA funded $12,000 in nutritional benefits for him. And his twin brother is alive. He lives in another state. And he confirmed that he did not apply for these benefits or give his brother permission to use his identity. That's so wild. Yeah. My evil twin. Like, everybody, like, is bullshitting, but this guy's not joking. It's for real. It's like it really was my evil twin, though. <laughs> yeah. That's Cops crazy. are like, you know how often we hear that shit. Fuck you. Yeah, exactly. Get in the car. Uh, a French nun was named the oldest living person at 118 years and 73 days old. Whoa. Yeah. That only happened, though, because the previous oldest living person just died at 119 years and 107 days old. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's partially deaf, wheelchair-bound, and says she tries to keep her mind active. Cool. The oldest person ever to have lived or the oldest age or whatever, was 122 years old and 164 days. Wowzers. Quite the life. I just want to know when the quality of life disappears, though. You know? Like, I mean, I, like, was that 22 years of just, like, sitting in a chair staring out a window? I don't know. It just depends on which window you're staring at. Oh, my gosh. I would sit around certain places if I can for feed a very myself. long time, dude. If I can feed myself and go to the bathroom by myself, sure. And if you're but if I'm if in tu- tubed up? If you're just old, but it's like, no, you know, you're just eating and then looking out the window and then going what? to bed early, waking up late. Watching the birds. What's ah. wrong with that? Nothing, as long as there's no tubes or catheters involved, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Get people poking you every five seconds? That. I don't want that. But yeah, sitting around staring at the birds, that's great. That's great. Uh, you know what's also great? An Illinois man renovating his bathroom found some McDonald's bags from the 1950s, and they still had fries in them. They were in his wall. Yes, got the fries. So now we know McDonald's fries can live for at least 70 years. <laughs> Jesus. That's, dude, it's always the Mickey D's food. What is up with that shit? Where they've got the... <laughs> they put burgers in fridges for years and walls... Fries behind walls for decades now? Like, Yeah. It was, oh, my It's crazy God. looking at these bags because if you'd seen them... Oh, well, if I had seen them, I would have been like, oh, it's like Town Topic or something, you know? Uh, they had this old mascot, Speedy. He looks like a hash brown wearing a waiter outfit, basically. And that's the original McDonald's mascot, I guess, Speedy. Speedy. Not a clown. Whoa. But, uh, yeah, dude says that the house was built in 1959 down the road from the first McDonald's in that area, so it makes sense. I'll post a link in the chat 
so everyone can see what I'm talking about. But yeah, Speedy the hash brown man. I don't know if he's actually a hash brown. That's just what he looks like to me. He's probably a burger patty. It's probably a burger patty for a head. But, oh uh, yeah, I I recognize that guy. Yeah, I've seen. Have pictures you seen this burger man? I've seen pictures of this burger head guy. Yeah. Yeah, dude says that the fries had no smell. Which uh, yeah, you know, seven years old. It would be probably be bad if they did smell. You can see the fries in the photo too. Yeah, they don't look so hot. They don't look good. They don't look hot. That's for sure. They look cold. But um, yeah, yeah. I wonder what would happen if you took a bite. Nothing good would happen. <laughs> That I can tell you. <laughs> yeah. Well, something good did happen this week, though, and I wanted to end the lanes on a high note. Okay. Wow. I am really high. A litter of red wolf pups was born for the first time in four years. Oh. Yeah, they're stupid cute. This was at the uh, Alligator River National Wildlife Refuge. In North Carolina. Cool. And uh, they just are so dang cute. They look like, you know, little puppies. Like, you want to hold them and pet them and love on them and feed them with a bottle, maybe. <laughs> but the litter consists of four females and two males. Um, and I didn't know this, but the red wolf is one of the most endangered animals on the planet. With Whoa. only 15 to 17 living in the wild. Uh, currently, there are 241 in captivity. Dang. So it's important that they keep breeding. Yeah. We need babies. More litters. Yeah, that's right. Red More wolf pups for the win. Litters. Woo. More litters. Oh, More litters. More bulls. More wolves. That's right. More cubs. More, more, more. Always more. Infinite. Till you're sick, really. Bowl after bowl till he's sick. Well, whether you're sick or whether you're well, thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. Another lovely Tuesday night. We will be back again to do it all next week and every Tuesday thereafter. On the No Agenda stream and the Bowl After Bowl stream right after DH Unplug wraps up around 9 Central. Till then, I'm going to be Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. And I'll be Dame DeLorean. May your bowls burn ever brighter. That's a dumb place to keep bowls. Bowl after bowl till he's sick. Bowlafterbowl.com. Bowlafterbowl.com. Dance and move your legs around. Yes. Yes. You'd love it. Be They have some of the most soothing voices I've ever heard in podcasting.